Welcome to Who's at the Cottage, a show about getting away, being away, and all the things that happen in between. Support for this podcast comes from the fine folks at Neil Brothers, an iconic tastemaker of extraordinary foods. Welcome back, friends and listeners. We've taken a little break. We worked pretty hard on the podcast all summer. I'm back with my friends. We uh, wanted to join our listeners for season's end. So I'm back again with Andy. Andy, say hello. Maureen, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Glad to be back at your place. Yeah, well, you know what? Tonight's dinner, I hope you enjoyed it. It was a, It actually, I'm glad we got together tonight. It gave me a chance to sort of clean out the fridge and the freezer of some things that, you know, you don't want leaving till spring of next year. For sure. That's a great cottage chip, closing out cottage chip. How about you, Mel? How you been, Mary Ellen? I'm what? very well and happy to be back and happy to be eating Andy's delicious food. I love those ribs. Awesome. Even if they're leftovers, according to Andy. I don't care if they're rotten, I'll eat them. (laughs) They were delicious. Did you enjoy the ribs, Chris? I couldn't enjoy them more. They were spectacular, as always. Everything everything Andy makes me is, ah, I love it. I love it. And speaking of love, we're here to show a lot of love to one of our favorite guests this season. That'd be our friend, Ron Tite. He's a great friend of the podcast, and he's back again with us tonight. How you doing, Ron? I came for the ribs. (laughs) (laughs) But you stayed for the conversation. (laughs) But I stayed for the conversation. (laughs) So nice. The ribs were fantastic, were. as was the whole meal. It yes, really was. Terrific. Was really good. Yeah, I mean, some people's leftovers are other people's gourmet dinner. I'm telling you, yep. it, was, it was a smorgasbord. Yeah. Am I allowed to call it that? Yeah, sure. Sure. All why right, not, there you go. Not? I yeah. just did. Andy, why don't we just jump in quickly then and talk about the idea of um, food, and as you're sort of winding on the season, some strategies and sort of thoughts around um, how you get ready for that, because we don't want to be wasting stuff. Tonight's dinner was awesome, but um, maybe some folks need a little guidance in that area. Yeah, I think um, it depends on what state of closing up for the season that you do. I mean, if you are truly closing it up and and you're going to not be back until spring, you should really empty the fridge, empty the freezer, and unplug it, because it, it's the real power hog, right? So I really think it's time to, you know, at the, at the end of the season, just clear it out, take it home. Do you actively stop bringing or start bringing less food up when you're approaching the end? For sure. For sure. Just bringing up, you know, really just the minimum and what you need. Um, But it is a time usually, you know, after Labor Day to start clearing out the fridge and the freezer rather than taking more and more stuff up. And Ron, I'm going to ask you because you're new and you're um, one of the things you said that was really exciting to, to me was the idea of starting rituals. How often, or how, sorry, how long will you be going? And will you do Thanksgiving? Have you done Thanksgiving? Have you got an end point? What are your plans? We are going to do Thanksgiving for the first time up there, so we're really excited about that. I can't wait. And <laughs> you're, oh, you're not inviting Your me. invite was it? Did you get it? Oh, yeah, that's I weird. I know it's on its way. My, it mine a, must be missing, too. I'm confident. No, no, it's probably your spam filter. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's it. Yeah, i got to check that. Spam that's box. it. I didn't check that. So, yeah, we're going we're gonna to go up for the first time, and, um, and I like that idea of that, of that tradition. What we tend to do, or the last couple of years, anyhow, is... Uh, because the change of the leaves is so beautiful, and now we start to go up and start to explore the area around the cottage. So we do more trails, um, we hike a little bit more, and just get out and try and explore because it's, it's so spectacularly beautiful. You know, one of the one of the great uh, things about cottage is people share funny stories about their adventures, and and I've heard some great ones about people being at the cottage in the winter and needing to get water from into buckets. And the rituals that they go through to get below the ice to be able to scoop water. Ron, what do you do to get under the ice to get your water? Uh, I don't think there's anything 
that I don't remember like remember what we did last year. Um, I've seen I've seen uh, I actually bought one an auger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the auger isn't to draw water for the cottage because we're winterized. The auger is to bring water up to create a rink exactly. uh, on the lake. To flood the lake. Ah. But but I've heard people How very Canadian. Yeah, but I've heard people use an auger to then and they can sort of pump. It's and it's so a whole peaceful. different experience going to a cottage in winter than summer. Uh, uh, Indeed, 100%. Indeed. And you you just touch on something Andy. I I love how different everything looks or actually how you can see things you can't otherwise see. One of the things Andy and I talked about in talking about this episode was there are some there's some nostalgia and some emotional things around cottaging and especially when you come to season's end so there's all of the chores and all of that but then for sure there's the um there's a sadness, right? There's a sadness when the season ends. And I think that happens whether you're closing your cottage or not. For sure. I mean, it's, it's the you end feel a little of bit, summer. Yeah, at the end of the weekend, I feel a little bit of that. Absolutely. At the end of a great weekend, you have yeah. that same feeling. But at the end of the season, there's a finality to it. And if Absolutely. you're not going to be back to your building until the spring, it's it's hard. It's, it is. Yeah, I mean, you know, we call it the Sunday night blues because, uh, you know, you don't want to leave the cottage. Well, and then there's then there's the, the September blues because it's... Man, I'm I'm not going to be here. You know, the kids spend a lot of the time in the summer up at the cottage, so you know they're not there all the, yeah. all all time. They got to go back to school and yeah. get back into the routine, and and that's hard. And uh, my daughter fought me very hard this year. We we religiously doesn't matter what happens. We bring the raft in from the lake on Labor Day, and I pretty much had to strap her down <laughs> to get her to help me bring it in. She was having none of it. Yeah. You know what's sorry, you know what's interesting about because of a relative I mean I had rented before, but we've only had the cottage for two years or so. And what I noticed this year was that September you know, the after Labor Day where I felt like a in the mindset of students again. Mm. Where I felt like, ugh, it's back to school. You know, like the summer's done and it's back to the back to the winter kind of routine. Where I hadn't really experienced that before when I was just kind of doing stuff in the summertime and where but this year, um yeah, it I there was a very noticeable okay, time to put on the sweater. It's back to school. <laughs> Bought some new shoes. <laughs> and they're you know, nice. And they're they very nice. Brand I mean, probably got a haircut. Right <laughs> got a got a haircut. Yeah. yeah. Couple so of new shirts. that touches on something. I, I I really think there's something in in that. It, it's it's a certain kind of magic. So, uh, so looking back for me, there's been all of this um, sort of summer nostalgia theme in my life. I realized only in prepping for this episode. And I read a book by David McFarlane. He's a Canadian author, journalist. Um, and it summer's was, gone. Summer gone. Summer, summer gone. The way McFarlane describes the book is summer is the stillness between things, whether that's work or school or it's an intangible. Mel, you've got to tell me that appeals to you. Absolutely. Absolutely it does. That's and how I feel about vacations, though, too. <laughs> ah, okay. You know, when you're on vacation, it's an escape, and it's yeah. a totally different realm than your real life. Yeah. So, And speaking of writing books, last time we talked to you, Ron, you were writing a book. Uh, the I'm working on number two. Yes. Number one had come out last year. Uh, but it's a, I'm a long way. So I think you were going to write at the cottage. That's what I, that's my point. So obviously you were having such a good time at the cottage. You didn't get. I didn't get a, a lot my, done. But no, but I did. I read ten books. Oh, well, that's good. Over the holidays, mm-hmm. over okay. the summer. I don't Are know you how kidding many, me? That's like a machine. That's amazing. Yeah, two weeks, I read ten books. It was incredible. And yeah, I just decided like I'm reading. 
I'm not writing. Good for you. Yeah, nothing Good wrong with you. that. So, yeah. so a minute ago you mentioned um, feeling this sort of um, back to the reality. Is that maybe because you spent more time this year? Was was this a year where you did spend more time? I know it's you've only been a couple of years going to your new place. Yep. Yeah, I spent more time, and the two weeks was a good, un, un, uninterrupted two weeks of holidays, and pretty much every weekend. So, yeah. Um, I also think that it, it just accentuated, because I don't, tra- I don't travel in the summertime, and then once September hits, I get on planes a lot. And so, yeah, it was that stillness between, what was it, stillness between? Between me? things. Between things. Yeah. Yeah. So when you get back to the things, right? The contrast is is uh, not quite, still. It's not still. It's not, it's not still. still. It's, it's noticeable. Still. Yeah. Okay. So all of that aside, there's still a lot of work to be done oh. when the season ends. Is that, apparently not? He read ten books, Maureen. Did you? Well, not hear no. Him? Coming up, right? Getting ready for the colder seasons. Okay. So there's a couple of options. You can do it yourself. You can pay people. There's lots of great services. Uh, Ron, what do you do? Pay. <laughs> I pay. Nice. I do not. I don't. Yeah, I don't. One, I don't trust myself. I just, I'm not, I'm not handy. I've never wanted to pursue that. I have no interest in it. Um, and uh, like literally, we're still using the people who the previous cottage owners used. You're like, hey, you know the plumbing. Well, just come back and do that's it. That's the way to do it, Oh, right? 100%. Yeah. That's, that's the best way to do you it. You want people who know your place. Yep. Right, understand your building. How about you, Andy? Do you do it? Well, our cottage is winterized, oh, so right. I don't completely shut it down. We kind of just winterize the outside. Right. Um, yeah. Our boat is trusted to a local fellow who takes it and winterizes it for us. Uh, dock comes out by somebody else. I'm not going in the water. You don't pull um, the dock in. I don't. Yeah. No, I. It comes in. It comes no, no, in, but, no, but right. not by me. But do you? Is it somebody? Is it your buddies or is it uh, a? Service? No, a, co- a company. Yeah, the a company, company that, yeah. that we bought the dock from. Beautiful. Um, yeah. They uh, they come around and I don't know. They've got about five hundred installations that they do, and they always send out the note right after Labor Day saying. If you could please take your boat out before Thanksgiving, we'd appreciate it so we can get started on, you know, taking out remo- dock removals for their 500 uh, plus clients. Yeah, and they they know what they're doing. They get in there, they do it. Right, we bought done. it from them. They installed it. They take it out. They put it back in. It's expensive, mm-hmm. but... Um, they get yep. they get to know your equipment, right? That's a huge thing, too. Exactly, yeah. exactly. See, Mel, you can just hire people for all the parts oh. you don't want to do. It's growing on me. Yeah. It's whole idea. I do I it myself. Except yeah. the oh. poo. <laughs> Except. No, you can hire people for that, too. I do it myself. You do everything yourself. I do it myself. Yeah. yeah. And, and a crew, right? Buddies, whatever. Uh, yeah, or uh, actually my brothers-in-law. Uh, oh. Yep, we just get in the water and get it done. And, and, and my, my, my wife and my sister-in-law, and yep, we just get in the water and pull it all out. And we can usually get, we've got it down pretty much to a, a fine art. You know, we can get the rails and the dock in in... About an hour, hour and a half. Wow. It's not, it's really, really not difficult. Uh, out is always easier than in. Uh, in, you got to line things up right. and make sure everything's just right. Out, it's just pull it out. Is, is water touching your skin or are you wearing hip waders and uh, or wetsuits? No, sir, I wear a wetsuit. Okay. I wear just a curious. wetsuit. No. Which nobody needs to see, just so we're clear. Which is why I don't bring other friends. I just, you know, I, I leave that to family. It's a family affair. God love them. <laughs> do, did you, do you guys find that you, you, over the years, that you did more or less as you became more experienced? More. 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 Yeah, more. More on their own, on, on our own? Yeah, yeah, like instead of hiring people mm-hmm. out. Yep. And- yep. You, you get to a point sometimes where you think, 
Yeah, I can do that. Right. Yeah, yeah. I don't think well, we ever hired right. anybody for stuff, but what I have found is there seem to be fewer things on the list year over year because they're just not necessary. And you know what? Let's take a quick break because when we come back, we'll talk about uh, some interesting tips some of our listeners sent in to us, things you wouldn't normally be thinking about or that I, I don't think about. So let's take a break. We'll be right back. Who's at the Cottage is supported by Grill Time Gourmet Meat Shop. Grill Time at 62 Layer Drive in Leaside. Takeout or cookout, come and get it. Fireside with a sky full of stars. Welcome back to Who's at the Cottage. And now it's time for Ask Andy Anything. Each week, one of our guests asks Andy a question. Here's this week's. Um, I'm, I'm serious about this. So if you're closing up, as we kind of do, is there a way that we should be preparing the barbecue for that? Because other than turning it off, I don't think I've done something <laughs> anything in the past. Should I be doing something specific for the barbecue? You know what? I, I think uh, to shut the grill down for the for over the the winter, if you're not yeah. going to be using it at all, there's a, there's some things I think would be really important, especially when you think about it when you're going to open up in the spring and you're going to find what you may have left from the fall salmon so (laughs) for 169 hours on the on the timer on your phone but um you know so i think a really good cleaning is is important you know scrape uh, brush uh and to the point where you should shop back out all the dust and the particulates try and clean it as clean as you can possibly make it Having done that many, many times, I can tell you it's good to wear gloves, rubber gloves when you're doing that or else your your hands will get all black and greasy. But I think, and then the last step would be after it's really clean to coat your grills with oil and, and, and cover it up. And, and for those that maybe don't shut down and, and use the barbecue and the grill through the fall and the winter, any, are there any... Should it be cooking differently? Is well, I'm going to say I'm going to say that that's a and that's a great question. I think that if you're going to, I think as a as a routine, a barbecue should be clean anyway. So why not make <laughs> why not make end of season the time to clean it and get it ready for the winter? But um, winter grilling is uh, is is a lot of fun. I always say to people, and there's really no preparation for that. But if you're going to, you know, as tips for winter grilling. One, um, you know, understand with extreme cold, your barbecue will never get as hot as it does in the summer. Um, two, BTUs are the horsepower that drive your thing. And every time you open that lid, you're going to lose valuable heat. The more BTU, BTUs you have, the faster the recovery of that heat. Um, and I know, I think we talked about this when our friend Naz was here from Broil King. We talked about the, the, his, he, I got it from him. It says, if you're if you're looking, you're not cooking, <laughs> right? So, so you got to, especially in the winter, resist the temptation to always open the lid and have a look. But, um, and the other thing I'll say to you is that cheaper barbecues, um, the, the quality of the burners and the parts are, are, are inferior. And extreme heat and extreme cold creates more condensation. And those cheaper burners tend to rust out faster. So winter grilling is hard on a barbecue. And if you have a cheap one, it's going to probably shorten its lifespan. Not to say that you shouldn't do it, but uh, but more so that if you're going to win- grill in the winter, uh, spend the money and get a better grill. Excellent. Thank you. Did that answer your question, Ron? It answered everything. Mm-hmm. You know what's awesome is if you have a remote, if you're going to cook like a roast 
on your barbecue in the winter. It's awesome to have one of those remote digital thermometers where you can sit in the cottage while the meat's <laughs> under the lid and you can monitor the internal temperature of your roast uh, from inside, right beside the fire with a glass of wine. I'm trying to appeal to Mel's yeah, no, senses. That was, good. That was I like really it. good. Okay, is that a thing? <laughs> what? The remote? The oh, I, absolutely. Yeah. It brings a whole I meaning to it. I've got the remote. <laughs> oh, it's, it's absolutely a thing. So you can, you can, you, you know what the internal temperature of I the meat it. is without having to go outside and lift the lid, which we just talked about is not a good thing wow. to do in the winter. Wow. Okay, Mel, you're getting one. And then Remote you'll get the digital con. thermometer. Okay. Love it. Sold. Love it. Okay, so let's talk about other tips. We, we asked some of our uh, listeners and social media followers to send some tips and we, we got some great ones. I think we're going to start with Andy. You know, one of my favorite topics is mothballs. Really? <laughs> We do. No, we thought it was like steak. Yeah. That's funny. I'd, yeah. Hmm. Who would have thought? Is that a band from the eighties? <laughs> no, it's a delicacy that you can yeah. grill. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, it's, someone actually shared with us that it's a great idea to spread mothballs around support posts and things like that to deter mice and other wildlife from trying to enter the cottage. So, um, I think that's interesting. I, I've I've always had this anti smell of mothball that's left behind but uh but they're outside so but they're outside so um so that was i thought that was that's an interesting great. idea yeah mel how about you and i've also heard that you know leaving dryer sheets on furniture sort of deters the critters because they don't like them and i know they particularly don't like the lemon scents the citrusy scents so. Good to know. Really? No, so yeah. so should these be ones that I've already used? Or no, I would say ones? no, fresh ones. Fresh, fresh ones, ones. Okay. because they'll, they'll be the most pungent. So. Yeah. Okay. And they'll uh-huh. shoo them away. They don't like fancy smells. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Same mm. with raccoons, I've heard as well. Uh, you know, a scented spray or the dryer sheet raccoons. Not I can just see that. Hey, Unless Jimmy, it's don't a- go over there. They got lemon scent. This guy, <laughs> he got cinnamon. <laughs> I like the good. cinnamon. I like I'm gonna, cinnamon. I'm gonna go it's get a the good cinnamon. dryer sheet, right? It's a good dryer sheet cinnamon. <laughs> can you, no get, can you get cinnamon dryer sheets? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Really now you can now. <laughs> As endorsed by Ron Tite. Yeah. <laughs> Marketed to raccoons everywhere. <laughs> when you do your oh, laundry, raccoon. do you wish your clothes could smell like cinnamon? <laughs> now we have cinnamon dryer sheets. Only from Ronco. Uh, <laughs> hey, Thank that's you. a thing. No, Ronco's a thing. We're yeah. taking a piece of that. Chris, what do you got? <laughs> nothing got, as good as nothing that. Is, come uh, on. No, mine, uh, mine is actually a little more practical. A little more practical. There's no such thing on this show. I know, right? <laughs> uh, no, it's adjusting your insurance coverage. So for people like, say, Ron, yeah. who isn't going to be there as much, make sure you call your insurance broker. And let them know. Say, hey, listen, I'm not going to be there. You may want to up your fire and your theft. You may want to think about making sure that, uh, you know, they're going to ask you, hey, do you have a security system? If you don't, it might not be a bad idea. Right. Uh, you know, you can get the remote ones now. You can pull it up on your on your phone, and you can do all the checking, things like that. Like the thermometer. Like the thermometer, <laughs> exactly. See what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there's lots of things that you can do. Uh, but, yeah, give your insurance broker a call, and they'll help you guide, guide you down that path. That's of, great. Hey, what do we do? Apparently also uh, having your driveway cleared if in case emergency right. vehicles need to get to your building. That if you haven't plowed to ga- give them access, that you could uh, compromise your insurance coverage. Correct. No? That's Pat, sorry, Pat and Donna on our road. That's what they do. They're, they're phenomenal. They'll, you know, hey, we're they're the road up. people. And they, yeah. Yeah, everybody's got they a road, road person. Yes. I'm so, just curious with sorry, the spring thaw and, and whatnot. Do all of you have flood insurance? 
Uh, I don't pay any attention to it. I am I am two stories above the lake. So you're yeah. fine. So Actually, if it floods, you have all have much that? bigger issues than I do. Yeah. Now we're we're higher up, so we may, but I don't know. But we're we're up, but down the road, down our cottage road, people are quite low. So I imagine they would, or mm. they ought to. Mm-hmm. You know, they ought to. Yeah, we're high. We didn't. Yeah, you guys are pretty high up, and you're high up too. I'm high up. Yeah. High as it goes over but there. But we do have neighbors again down Better the road yeah. who have when the you know when the water level is a couple of feet high have have uh, lake water right to the right to their building to their building. Yeah. yeah, we've got a couple of folks like that too. It's crazy. Uh, so here's what I've got. I, I thought this this was quite interesting. Draw the curtains, which we always do. But following on that note of insurance and so on, leave them open a little bit. So if somebody is thinking about breaking in, they can see that there's nothing worth breaking in for, and they'll move along. Which I thought was actually quite an interesting there tip, you, go. you know. And following on that, someone else suggested: last thing you do before you leave, take a picture of everything. It's so easy on our phone. Just grab a like, picture of yeah. this is the state I left it in, inside and out, and then you've got a record. Should anything happen, I thought that was really, really great advice. And who does that? We don't. It's no. so easy these days. Um, and then the last one, which was really not so much about closing, but I thought was quite interesting was to keep a record of your summer and whatever your closing day is, make sure you get um, pictures of the people who have visited and who've been at the cottage over the summer. That'd be us, Andy, this year. We're going to be your group photo. stars. Uh, there's this great new thing on the iPhone, which somebody brought to my attention. If you keep an album of people, it will set your people to music and make a little movie. So you could basically have an album of all your guests over the summer Make the movie and then send it out to them. It's nice. an oh, awesome no, that thing. Is That's amazing. It's an awesome. Who knew? Like just stumbled upon it that yeah. uh, the iPhone. Maybe other uh, phones do that, but the iPhone does it. So it's a great thing. To great idea. Yeah. Any other tips? Any other tips you want to share of your own, Andy? No. You know, we're going back to you know the sort of the closing up. Uh, Labor Day is uh, the melancholy time where the, sort of the official end of summer, even though it's you know not till uh, later in September. But Thanksgiving is a time that I so look oh, forward yeah. to at the cottage, and it's colors, and and uh, it also smells. happens to be, yeah, smells when you're oh, roasting yeah. that turkey, unless you're doing it outside on the grill. But um, for us, it's the anniversary of when we took possession of the cottage. We took possession, and we pushed the uh, vendor when we bought it to close on the Friday just before Thanksgiving. So we sort of celebrate every uh, Thanksgiving with a special little cake, you know. Happy cottage to us, sort of thing. You know, it's wow. awesome. Love, 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 love that. That's awesome. Terrific. So you can look forward to some of that, Ron, when you have yeah, your first Thanksgiving. One of those and traditions, for yeah. sure. And I think you were an autumn buyer too, weren't you? Yeah, yeah you were we were. Season yeah. buyer. Yeah, yep. yeah. It's uh, that's fantastic. I, I, I'm toying with this new phrase. Tell me if you like it, because the season, as you pointed out, it's not really from summer, which is June, and it's kind of you know nebulous in terms of our real season. So, what do you think of this? May 4 to thanks 4. You like it? Put it on a t-shirt. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I like yeah. it. It's not speaking to me. Uh, I see no, hashtagged no. all over I like, the place. I like, I like the May 4, but the thanks 4 is a bit mm, cumbersome. I'd like to sleep on it for a little while. <laughs> Andy's thinking. I, I think we can make it take off. I do. All right. I, I I'd go thinking. with from Franks to thanks. Oh, oh like I see. No, that's Damn, I don't know why. I don't, no, I don't know that why. Marketing guy. Who's no, who's Frank? Is. I don't. Know. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. It actually doesn't. Did anybody make any sense. invite Frank? Yeah. Oh no, I feel bad. I get the thanks, but you know, okay, yeah, we'll work, work on it. But I think that. we need to brand the the season, which isn't actually summer. It's some spring. It's oh. all of summer and a little bit of fall. I, I yeah. call it cottage season. 
been done. Oh, we gotta, right, something okay. we can own. Uh, we gotta, oh, okay, we gotta have see. some right. uh, intellectual property associated with us. Here. I'm sorry. Did you say intellectual in this yeah, show at the okay. same sentence? Big Come mistake, on. Big mistake. Okay. Speaking of Thanksgiving, let's talk a little bit about turkey. Oh, Ooh. actually, first I'm gonna let Chris get curious because we want to fit that in. He's got a question for us, and it actually ties in nicely with Thanksgiving because it's kind of a Thanksgiving dessert. You know, I like my desserts. You know, I like my desserts. Uh, so it's kind of a Thanksgiving, although more sometimes fall. Um, so this is it. Pumpkin pie versus apple pie or apple crisp. Thoughts? What are we thinking here, Andy? Apple pie. I'm sorry. Oh, no. I, I piped no. right in. I, I'm very strong there. on this. I, I'm going to have apple pie I'm with sorry, milk. I You're having apple pie. All right, with Mel, I'm are you having it? Are you having, having it together? Are you having it a la mode? With a slice of cheddar cheese oh. is how I'm having Giddy it. Giddy up, girl. Sharp old cheddar? Sharp old baby. Okay, baby. I'm Just like my it. personality. Um, sharp and old. <laughs> well, I've got, I've got old covered. Not so sharp. But, um, that would be no intellectual property. Right, yeah. I'll have the dull cheese. Pie a la mode. A la mode. All right. Ron, what are you thinking? I love all three, but I would rank them in order of apple pie, apple crumble, pumpkin pie. Interesting. Mm. Maureen, what do you think? Interesting, because originally, thinking about the question, my answer was, why pick? Why not? Why? Now now you got to rank them. At our place, we always have the option. Now now you got to rank them. But I I have to rank... I have to rank. Have them. to rank them. I'm going to go crisp, pumpkin, and then apple pie. Really? Ooh, okay. Yeah. Now, if I'm going to split if, up if those I may, apples, if I may, <laughs> I am going to share my apple pie because it's for me. It's apple pie, but it's Spartan apples with uh, <laughs> sharp cheddar cheese crust. You bake the cheese right into the crust, and the secret to my apple pie, I'm not going to tell you. Doesn't Pizza Hut bake the cheese right into the they crust? They do. They do. Only mine's slightly better than Pizza Hut. Does it all pull apart? Like no, it does not. No, it does not all pull it's apart. It's not rolled nope. up in no, the dough. No, it's lovely. It's like... it's, no, you shred it so Ooh. that it goes right into the oh, crust. Wow. And it is, if if I may say so, it is spectacular. I think you need to bring some. I, think I will. So. Yeah. So if I was going to rank, I would do crumble pie, pumpkin pie last. Really? Crumble first. See, it's funny because yeah. I love pumpkin pie. But I'll have apple pie before I'll have pumpkin pie just about any day. Even just for Thanksgiving. It's yep. just like that one. No. It's like such a pumpkin eating thing. Thanksgiving pumpkin. No. Flavored stuff. I'll no, that was Peter Peter pumpkin eater. No. With my apple pie. Of I'll pumpkin. A, a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to You going to warm it up or are you going to take it cold? Cold. Yeah, gonna, I like I mean, mine warmed up. I'm going to eat it. Don't get me wrong. But Does anybody here find it odd heating up pumpkin pie? No. Heating no. It? Yeah, warming it slightly, you don't warm it. Yeah, because you know they do that with the pumpkin spice lattes. Exactly. Don't even get me started. Don't don't even get me started. I can't even. It's I can't even either. Let's just stick to the pie. Uh, Okay, so let's talk a little bit about turkeys. So, you can hunt turkeys in two seasons: spring and fall. So, if you wanted to hunt in October, which is turkey hunting season. by law, you could get your own turkey for Thanksgiving if you were so inclined. There is a special provision for longer length of season for bow hunting only, if you're interested in bow hunting your turkey. Have you ever seen a wild turkey run at your place? Yeah, I, I actually hunt for them. I, I go to uh, 
the Loblaws. I can hunt there. <laughs> They're very good. Lobes, they can get good stuff. But you, they you only are a hunter gatherer. They right only right. allow the bow hunting. At well, Lobes. I'm not sure I want to live beside the guy that does the bow hunting. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. <clears throat> if, if, if I may, you can only bag one though. You can we, only bag one per season. We have wild turkeys on our property all the time. Really, and they are as dumb as they come. Mm-hmm. They really are. There are there are chain link fences uh, between properties. And they will get to the fence, and then, and I kid you not, they will walk up and down that fence for a good 20 to 25 minutes <laughs> before one bright spark goes, hey, we can fly. <laughs> and they will literally fly over the fence and then walk across the lawn until they get to the other fence and then do the same thing <laughs> over again. And I think to myself, mother, if I could shoot them, I would, because just put them out of their out misery. Out of their misery. They're just... Yeah. Yeah. Nothing should be that dumb. Yeah. I've, I've seen them the, a few times, not not too often, but they're I was dumb. Say, when you said like they're so stupid, these wild turkeys oh. in my mind, I had them like showing up on your lawn, going like, "You guys got any cranberries and stuff in your?" <laughs> really, <laughs> that's about the size of it. I, 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 I couldn't kill one, but I think to myself, "Oh, really? Really, somebody just needs to put that out of its misery." Yeah. If well, you if you, if you fed a turkey. Stuffing just before you killed it, you wouldn't have to stuff it so <laughs> before smart. you put it in the oven. Isn't you that are, smart? That is so smart. On fire. Love that. On the next episode. <laughs> so uh, for me, I just gonna, I just want to talk about turkey because I think you know we're just talking about trying to empty out the fridge, and what inevitably happens when you cook a whole turkey is you have leftovers for three days, and what are you going to do with them on Thanksgiving weekend when you're about to head home? I'm a huge fan of just cooking a turkey breast. Hmm. I know there's no dark meat. I get that, but Fine by um, me. but uh, you know it, it's there's there's no carcass, hundred percent edible. Cooks in like a third of the time. So I, I always buy a, a turkey breast, pocket it, stuff it, roll it, tie it, cook it in about an hour and a half. Huh. And you get no complaints from your guests. And but diners. is there enough for sandwiches at midnight? That's what I was going to say. What about well, leftovers? But it depends on how many people you have. You can always cook two. True. Right. But I, what if I'm, I'm talking about is no carcass. Again, Andy, please make sure there are two. Yeah, I mean, at home, you love to have a carcass left over to make soup and all those things. But at the cottage, the next day, it's like, we got to get out of here. And the last thing you want to do is be packing all that kind of stuff up. So let's add that to our tips, actually, for Thanksgiving dinner. Consider turkey breast. Turkey breast is something to really consider. Car- it's, it's, it's not traditional, but it's so convenient. Yeah. Hey, honey, did you pack the carcass? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That carcass, if it's sitting there till May. He's till here all May, week, ladies and gentlemen. You're going to know about it. <laughs> okay. oh, yeah. The truth is that turkeys can fly. There is no such thing as a... So there's a difference between free range and free run when you're buying poultry. Right. Free run is the animals are not contained in cages or they have areas to run around. Okay. Uh, free range is they are... Uh, like So a, a, a turkey farm has to have caging over the cage as well as on the sides because turkeys could fly out and escape. So a, a um, there's no such thing as a free-range turkey. Free-range turkey is a wild turkey. Ah, I see what you mean. So it's free-run. Chicken, chicken can be free-range, but turkeys can't be because they can fly. Because they can fly. Wow. Although I do remember the, that line from WKRP. <laughs> as God is my I witness. I swear as to God. God. As, my witness. Yeah. as God is my witness. I thought, I thought turkeys, turkeys could fly. fly. Yeah. Wow, we need to straighten them out. Was that? Didn't they drop a turkey from a helicopter or something? <laughs> they dropped live turkeys <laughs> yes. from a helicopter. Well, we've come a long way one. from oh. uh, colonial times, which yes. is where the expression comes from. Let's talk turkey, by the way. When they hmm. would exchange for turkeys and other such goods. You have a plethora oh. of knowledge. I do my homework, my friend. <laughs> Clearly. 
So I think we're just about out of time. Any, any last thoughts as we wind down the season? We're, we're certainly working on upcoming episodes. We're going to pop by Andy's around the holidays and do some Christmas magic. So, uh, yeah, you know, Christmas time at the cottage is great, too. We used to do that. Um, but that's a lot of work. Yeah, <laughs> so especially tend, little ones. We tend to celebrate you know, the Christmas at home and go up to the cottage right after. Yeah, we're, we're thinking about something along those lines. So keep a couple of rooms open for us, Andy. Sure. Ron, you're always welcome. Thank you. Uh, at Andy's. <laughs> I'm just going to extend that on Andy's behalf. I'll be up on Wednesday. Uh, any other closing thoughts as the summer winds down, summer 2017? It was a good one. It was yeah, a good it was one. Great, great it was memories. a damp one. Great memories. Yeah. It was a bit rainy, yeah. A bit yeah. rainy, but that uh, it made the sun, the days of sunshine that much more enjoyable. Yeah. Entirely. And forced us to do indoor activities, which isn't so bad either. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Well, thanks again, everyone. It's been great, and uh, we will see you soon. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye. And for more information about our guests and all the fabulous food we're having here at Andy's, be sure to check us out at whosatthecottage.com. Support for this podcast comes from Amsterdam Brewery, brewing damn good beer in Toronto since 1986. Who's at the Cottage is a steak production. Executive producer, Maureen Norman. Production supplied by Gat Broadcast Services. Production assistant, Daniel Cowan. Daniel Cowan.